This is the John Oakley Show podcast. I'm not sure whether this is a good or a bad news scenario, but apparently, according to the Public Accounts of Ontario, the province recorded an actual deficit of $7.4 billion in 2018-19. That's double the previous year's deficit of $3.7 billion. But that also turned out to be significantly lower than the $11.7 billion deficit projected by, well, the Ford government and the Financial Accountability Office. So what gives? What do we need to know? Here to help us unpack that, Peter Weltman is on the line. He is the Financial Accountability Officer of Ontario. Peter, good to have you back on The Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Great. Thanks for having me back, John. All right. Uh, On this matter of the deficit, so uh, it's actually doubled from the previous year, but it's significantly less than it uh, was projected to be. Is that a good or a bad news scenario, or do you even weigh in on that aspect? Well, I think it's uh, if your objective is is to try to reduce the deficit. It's a good news scenario. The deficit is lower than both us and finance uh, projected back in uh, back last spring. So we were we were taken by a surprise. And as I was saying to somebody, we need to polish up our crystal ball a little. We were taken by surprise, certainly on the tax revenue growth. So that was uh, <clears throat> really the shocker because tax revenue grew by 5.8 percent. Um, which is a lot higher than we were. We were looking at somewhere closer to uh, three and a half, three point five. And I want to just dwell on that for a second because typically tax revenues are directly related to economic growth, and economic growth is measured really by nominal GDP. So as your nominal GDP goes up, basically what it means is people are making more money, more people are working, they're paying more tax, and you see a pretty strong correlation to tax revenue, and really over the past 17 years, from 2000 to 2017, tax revenues grew by 3.5% per year on average, and the economy grew by about 3.6. So really in this 2018-19 year, we saw tax revenues increase by 5.8% ahead of the 3.4% nominal GDP growth. So there was a tax windfall. All right. That sort of counts for a lot of it. Okay. And uh, what was the reason for that tax windfall? Well, that's something we're, we're digging into. We, we, don't, we don't know. Certainly, the, the economy was a little stronger than we had expected, but corporate tax turned out to be, uh, corporate tax revenue is a fair bit higher than, than, than we were expecting. Corporate taxes are very difficult to predict. Um, they're very, as they say in the trade, lumpy. So when you look at a graph, you'll see stuff blip up and blip down, and uh, it's just something that is hard for forecasters to get a good handle on. All right, but to- corporate taxes have increased. That's interesting because, uh, you know, a lot of people thought that maybe uh, corporations would be running away from taxation or hiding it or uh, so on and so forth, but we're still drawing off corporations and, in this case, got a bump to the upside. That's right. Yes, and I, and I can't give you a good explanation. I was in a room with uh, some tax planners a few weeks ago, and I said, we can't figure this out. Did you, did you guys, did you people uh, advise all your companies to pay tax last year? And anyway, they laughed, but they couldn't explain it either. So. I guess just to punctuate the point, this is why, you know, uh, one of the metrics now cited by a lot of governments is the debt to GDP, uh, because if you've got that growth and you're bringing in the revenues uh, and it's commensurate to the GDP, you can handle larger debt. Is that about the assumption? 
That is the correct assumption. That's right. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you're bang on. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how many uh, times we've heard that that's, you know, hey, uh, relax, kids, don't worry about deficit and debt as long as the GDP and the budget's going to balance itself and so on and so forth. Well, uh, it's no different than when, a, you know, a bank lends you money. They don't care how much as long as you pay it back, right? So sure. it's the same sort of concept. Again, with Peter Weltman, Financial Accountability Officer of Ontario, on this matter of the uh, deficit, it's actually uh, a little it's double what it was last year, but nonetheless, it's less than what it was projected to be uh, at the time of the budget. And uh, you also go on to say there's a decline in non-tax revenues that reflected a number of policy decisions that included the loss of revenue uh, from, and you list certain items. So we lost revenue. Uh, where did we lose? So we lost revenue on, for example, cap and trade. So when the tra- cap and trade program was canceled, <clears throat> The auction that went with that was cancelled. That auction was supposed to bring in 1.7, I think something like that last year. So that was foregone. Uh, spending was cut. Spending programs associated with that revenue, special, you know, uh, carbon reducing programs were cut, but not as much as by how much revenue is brought in. So that netted out to about a $0.8 billion drop. Uh, the sale of Hydro One back in 1718. Um, so that was something that didn't happen again because clearly you can only, you know, usually you can only sell an asset once. So there were some policies that happened in the previous year that, you, that couldn't be repeated. Uh, we had um, the removal of the debt retirement charge on corporations and, comp- and commercial, uh, which was $0.6 billion. But the big one, to me anyway, is the electricity subsidies, which were maintained. You know, they, was, they were introduced by the previous government, maintained by this government, and they cost $1.4 billion this year. So where does that leave us? I mean, because, uh, you know, when the Ford government is saying they're going to hold the line on spending at 1% in the public service, all the different ministries and sectors and so on and so forth, but if spending is increasing, where are we headed as far as deficits are concerned? Well, that's that's the key question. As we said in the spring, uh, our spring budget report, we said if the government can hold spending to 1% growth, which we said would be very difficult to do, but if they can do it, all else remaining equal, i.e. the economy sort of ticks along more or less as it is now and revenues Take along as we expect, then they should be able to balance the budget, uh, you know, within four years. Um, certainly, they got a nice little bonus last year uh, with the uh, the windfall tax revenue and a little less spending than they had forecast. So that that helps. <clears throat> um, we'll have to see what the false statement shows. But as we've said, if they can keep the spending growth to the one percent, then they should be able to hit their targets. You're saying as well that uh, in some ways they're painted into a corner policy decisions made by previous governments also uh, contributed, I guess, to uh, the slow increase in revenues, right? Well, that's right. And so two things on that. One of them was there were a number of uh, asset sales in the previous government, and that's not something you can repeat. So you can only sell Hydro One once. You can't sell it many times. It's not kind of like the old Brooklyn Bridge analogy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. the, <laughs> now, the other thing you can do as a government is you are not locked into the previous government's policy. So when the Fair Hydro Plan came in with the electricity subsidy, this government made a decision to keep those subsidies in place. They could have they could have reversed that, so but they chose not to. And these are all decisions that are made. You know, so it's not just cutting programs like cap and trade, but it's also maintaining programs such as the uh, Fair Hydro Plan. Again, with Peter Weltman, uh, Financial Accountability Officer in Ontario, just getting a, a snapshot of where we are with the budget, or at least deficits and such. And uh, 
it's not as bad as I guess we had projected it was going to be, uh, but it's still somewhat uh, double from last year. So the other thing I'm kind of curious about is the higher than expected growth in tax revenue uh, because of personal income tax in large part. Personal income tax actually uh, boosted the bottom line. How so? Well, again, it, it came in well above what we would normally have expected. Um, and I wish, you know, the report doesn't really get into the details on that as to why it was higher. It was higher, uh, you know, just it was higher it was by 7.5% higher. Um, really, all I can tell you is the simple fact is people are making more money, and we saw HST revenue so up, so they were spending more money as well. We don't know why. Uh, we hope to be able to unpack all that when we do our assessment of the fall economic statement. Yeah, and you're saying that uh, these increases were partly offset by a decline in land transfer taxes yes. uh, due to a softening of the housing or resale market. Uh, boy, I mean, governments have become pretty dependent on the uh, land transfer tax monies, haven't they? Yes, they have. And uh, there are many depend. I mean, you know, we have to keep in mind that Ontario doesn't have very many other sources of, of revenue. Unlike many of the other provinces who have natural resource revenue, we have virtually none. Uh, we get virtually, we don't get really any uh, equalization from the federal government. Most of the other provinces do. So, yeah, whatever revenue that comes in, it becomes important. Finally, when Governments put budgets together. Do they project uh, worst-case scenarios so that when they actually come in with the real hard numbers, uh, that it always looks rosier than what was initially projected? You know, 20 years ago, that sort of thing used to happen. Um, and now what, what, what the, the, the standard way, certainly how we do it in Ontario and how it's done federally, is there are consensus economic forecasts for GDP growth and a variety of different revenue line growth projections that are made. So, so normally the, the, the revenue side isn't really that out of whack. It's not, they're not coming in kind of low-balling or high-balling or whatever the case is. It's, they're, they're usually fairly accepted, if you will. And the spending side clearly is something the government has a lot of control over, and that's something that uh, now as we've been around a little longer, we have a little better insight into, into how the spending works. And do the rating agencies pay attention to this stuff, or if it's, uh, you know, just marginal, unless it's really, really uh, out of scale, do they care? They care a little bit, and actually it's a good point. We have a nice segue, thank you for that. We have a rating agency note coming out next week that talks a little bit about the change in, in ratings and how much uh, rating agencies care about these sorts of things. So they care about consistent deficits. They care about things like we're into, you know, some pretty strong years of economic growth, and yet the deficit is still climbing, which means that you have to borrow money to fund those, so the debt is still climbing. And that's something the rating agencies do care about. And they care about the government's ability to withstand significant economic shocks down the road, such as a recession. And if the government, you know, appears to have thought through and have contingency in case those sorts of things happen. The rate agencies do care about that. All right. Uh, fair enough. Peter, appreciate it as always. Thanks. Terrific. Thanks. Peter Weltman again is a Financial Accountability Officer of Ontario. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.